Welcome to Hear K Tell Podcast, where we discuss your transitions from sport to career. I am your host, Christina Alexander. My special guest today is a Springbrook High School graduate, George Mason University graduate, and a former member of the 2006 Final Four team, a 13-year professional basketball player. Please welcome Following Campbell. What's up, Chad? Hey. How you doing, Christina? I'm glad to uh, be here. I'm glad to, for you to have me here. This Absolutely. Awesome. Listen, we're going to delve right into it. So let's okay. start with, first and foremost, talk about your foundation, like the word family means to you and how that has been the support you have needed and received throughout your career. Um, family is everything to me. Um, it starts with, you know, my pops and my mother, Um I mean, they 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 got me in. Uh, well, actually, my brother got me into basketball um, when I was young, when I was about seven years old. Um, that's actually where this, this nickname Shaq came from. I'll get to that <laughs> a little later. Um, but yeah, I mean, my brother, he's the one that got me into basketball. And then after that, you know, my, my father and my mother just carried the baton and, you know, they got me through all my AAU events. Um, they got me to the right high school uh, where, you know, I, we, we moved from, you know, a neighborhood that wasn't so good to, you know, Montgomery County and put me in a better position to be more successful. You know what I mean? At, at basketball. So did either of uh, your parents play ball? No, right. uh, my father. So both of my parents are from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother didn't play a sport, but my father, he was a swimmer okay. uh, in Nigeria. So he was, he was a swimmer, big on swimming. And you know, what's crazy is he was a swimmer. I can't even swim. <laughs> So, <laughs> exactly. I'm not even ashamed of it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Rest but, in uh, power, Pops. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 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 <laughs> so, uh, nah, but I mean, like I said, they, they mean everything to me. Um, and they've carried me all the way to, you know, college basketball where, you know, my dad used to come to all the games with a camera on his hip. And I mean, a video camera. Wow. I mean, you would think he was shooting you know, a documentary on me, <laughs> you know what I mean? The way he would come to the game with the big <laughs> camera on his shoulder. I'm thinking he worked for ESPN or something and he just in the stands just filming me. So it, it means a lot, man. So talk about your recruiting process from high school to college. Were you highly recruited, overlooked? Like. So, so yeah, that, that's a little tricky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was highly recruited, but I was definitely overlooked. Um, I felt that the fact that I went to a, a public school, I didn't get the same offers that I should have gotten, that I could have gotten when I had gone to a private school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played with all the, you know, the big time AU teams in the area, the Blue Devils, um, DC Hawks, PG Jaguars, things like that, and that's how I got a lot of my looks. Um, but as far as uh, overlooked, I would say I was because. I didn't get the offers that I thought I would be getting going into my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looked at by Providence. I was looked at by Georgetown. Um, VCU was looking at me, but they were on the same level as George Mason and UNC Wilmington. And um, I really wanted to go to Georgetown. Tell the story, I mean? Shaq. Tell the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so that that Georgetown story, oh, man, it, it, it still drives me crazy to this day. Um, so... <laughs> At the time, the coach at Georgetown was Coach Estrick. Mm-hmm. And Coach Estrick, obviously, you know, he, well, he was a Springbrook alum. So when I got the call, or the, yeah, actually the call from my coach one night, and he said, Look, Georgetown is interested in you. What do you think? I immediately told him, I said, Coach, if they offer, I'm going to Georgetown. <laughs> like that's, that's the school, that's my dream school, Georgetown it is. So he said, I right, look, Coach Estrick, you know, he wants, to, he wants you to come up this weekend. Um, and you know, we're, we're going to, you know, just show you around campus and things like that. And I get a call, I want to say two days later mm. saying they, they, they signed another player. So the day I was before I was about to go on my visit, they had signed a guy, Tyler Crawford. You remember his name and everything. I know his name. I know his name. Cause it, it, ever since then it was a battle. I'm, I'm looking at stats during the year, like. Even when mm-hmm. I went to Georgia, I was like, look, I got to see what, what why they chose him. But what's crazy is I thought I was a shoo at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And it's only because Coach Estrick was a Springbrook alum. So he should know. He should. So, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, look, he know I can play. 
He a Springbrook alum. He know he's getting a good talent. He know what type of player he's getting. Academics is legit. Every school. Yes, everything. You know what I mean? Like I'm a shoe in. So when I get that call from my coach, I'm like, wow. And I never heard back from him. I never got any more letters. I didn't get anything from Georgia. Like that was it. So I said, okay, okay. I see what happened here. And uh that that just that just fueled like my fire. You know what I mean? I was like, all right, look, you know what? Georgetown is not it. I was offered, I was uh I was um offered to come on unofficial to Providence mm-hmm. and went to Providence. It was cool. I was able to uh, you know, walk around with Ryan Gums, mm-hmm. who was a guy who was drafted, you know, I want to say a year or two later, um, after after that unofficial. And good guy, you know what I mean? Showed me around campus. And I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it would be cool to play in the Big East. But at that time, I was more so thinking like, man, they're in the Big East, but they're at the bottom of the Big East. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like every year they're at the bottom. They just get beat up every single year. And I don't, I don't, I can't have that. Like, right. <laughs> I don't want to be getting beat every single, every single Tuesday and Friday or whatever games. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was like, nah, I, I can't go to Big East and, and, and get beat up like that. So George Mason came by. You know what I mean? And VCU was there and other things. So I mean, did you did you consider like was George Mason on your radar at all being the opposite all. direction? I mean, Not it's just on the other side of the other bridge. Exactly. But I wasn't even thinking like it was either Maryland, Georgetown, like I want to stay local, but Maryland was just too close. Okay. So that wasn't even an option. And then when George Mason came by, which I didn't even know nothing about George Mason mm. until Bill Courtney and Chris Caputo came by and they were heavy on me. They made me feel appreciated, man. They they came to all these, you know, AAU events. They 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 show love. Okay. You know what I mean? And I, that that's what that's what won my heart. You know what I mean? And I, when I say won my heart, like that's what convinced me, like, look, all right, let me go see what George Mason is about. All right. You know? So what happened on your visit? When you went, you were like, mm, this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the visit. <laughs> That's who I don't know if Lamar gonna like this, but uh, <laughs> Lamar's the one that got me to uh, to fully commit to George. Really? Yeah, hmm. yeah. How yeah, so? Exactly. I'm, I'm about to get spicy, man. I'm gonna go ahead and let Lamar. Lamar gonna hate this. Uh, he's not gonna like this. <laughs> but uh, it's crazy because, like I said, I came on my. Uh, it, was, it was actually my official visit, mm-hmm. and. We were, you know, having a good time. He showed me around, showed me around campus. And then he took me out one night, went to a party. We came back. At that time, he had gotten an argument with his current girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming his girlfriend. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean? I'm in high school. I don't know. It's his girlfriend. So they get in an argument. I don't know. All I hear is, look, I got to take Shaq home. You got to get out. That's all I hear. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cool. We, we, we leave and I'm going back to my hotel. The situation is over. We are driving around the Patriot Circle. Like, we, we make a turn onto the Patriot Circle. And we're driving. And all I hear in my background is a skid mark and a car speeding up. And I look behind us, and it's her. Uh-oh. And I'm like, hold on now. So Lamar speeds up. And if you don't know the Patriot Circle, they got these big hearts. Right, right. So you you're going mean? so you, you like Dukes driving. and Hazard with that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Lamar's driving the Ford Explorer truck and she has like a like a honda civic so <laughs> this need to be so, a, this need to be a show hey hey look look so we drive it i think tony is in the passenger seat he just laid back like he like they, they're in the front they too calm for me i'm we being chased by this girl who i heard yelling in the apartment five minutes ago is chasing us now so lamar's just driving he's going over the speed bumps he's you know the car's bumping up and down over the humps and she's speeding just as much. But the thing is, her car is, the, the, the bumper is hitting the ground. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, Lamar, like, come on, you gonna get me home safe? Like, everything okay? He said, look, man, she's driving a Honda Civic. She's not gonna be able to keep up. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I told him, I said, look, Lamar, if you give me out this situation, I said this to him, if you give me out this situation, you give me home, I'm coming to Mason. Stop it. I said it right there. And because I, I, I was honestly, I was scared. Mm-hmm. A high school kid, I was being chased by this crazy girl. Right. I didn't know what was going on. Like this, she is literally going over these humps, cars bouncing. I, it, it was crazy. So it got to the point where 
she faded away. She just couldn't keep up. And Lamar, <laughs> we went around this Patriots circle for at least 15 days. Well, oh, so y'all kept going around the circle. Yes. I'm thinking y'all went halfway and exited. No, we was going in circle. Fairfax I'm sure she just no. couldn't keep up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Lamar got me home. And the thing is, it's crazy as I called JV, mm-hmm. uh, a good friend of mine, uh, my teammate. And I talk, told him about the night. And I said, look, man, I'm, I'm coming to Mesa. Like, they, they they got me here. Lamar, he did. I don't know if this was a setup. I don't know what happened. It worked. Scared for my life, but I'm coming to Mesa. Stop it. I don't I don't think I ever knew that. People, you just got the, that's a morning nugget right there. That's a, that's the inside scoop. Shout out to Lamar. <laughs> shout out to Tony. Shout out to JV. Out to they got you there. So, okay. So tell me, what did you learn knowing what you know now about that recruiting process? Oh, man. Um, honestly, I do wish that I would have taken um, all five of my official visits. Mm-hmm. Um, I only took one. Um, and at that time, that's all I needed. Um, I knew Mason was was the fit for me just because of it was a situation where it, it, it checked all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was close. It was far enough that I knew my parents couldn't show up every day and pop up to me, pop up Mom on me. Couldn't show you, couldn't show up with the dish or some some snacks or my baby got to eat, you know. It, it, Exactly, exactly. But it was close enough that I could make that drive back if mm, need be. If you got home. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it was it was a good, great area that, like, I knew it was close, but not, not too close, you know? So it's interesting that you say that if you could, you would have taken all five visits because s- somewhat similar to your mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. I told my high school coaches, I'm taking five. I don't, yeah. you, y'all can do what you want. I want to, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and people have to understand, for me, this is before social media. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there was no cell phone. We didn't have any of that. So taking five visits and being treated like royalty and mm-hmm. the hotels and the food yep. and the, the parties. Let's not forget, yeah. you know, the college. Yep. As a high schooler, you're like, I'm I'm going on five. They're giving mm-hmm. me five. I'm taking five. Taking if five, you yeah. could take those five, where would you have gone? I'm interested. So Boston College would have been one. Mm-hmm. So I did the unofficial at Providence. I probably would have took an official at Providence just to, you know, make sure, like, look, let me rule this out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, VCU mm-hmm. would have been three. George Mason would have been four. And uh, at that time, probably been a UNC woman. That was probably my top five. Okay. You um, you don't like so, the, you don't like warm weather, do you, brother? I mean, those are the schools that were interested. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? That, that were highly interested. There was mm-hmm. other, other couple of schools, but... Until I was getting handwritten letters from the coaches is when I knew, okay, look, maybe this is really not. Gotcha. Um, so it, it was definitely, I mean, I, I don't even know why I didn't go to Boston College. Like, <laughs> I mean, that that's that was, at the time, ACC, that would have been you know, a good place to go. I know, I know. But mm. like I said, I took that one official. To, and the thing is, maybe because it was too far. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? So I still wanted to be close to home, you know, with somewhat. Important. Um, so I definitely do wish I would have at least took those five visits. You never know. I might have liked it out there. Right. You know? Yeah, but you went to Mason and, and you know, you were mm-hmm. a Patriot mm-hmm. through and through for life. So mm-hmm. let's let's kind of talk about that. You were a part of the 2006 George Mason University, George Mason University Final Four team. When you mm-hmm. hear those words, what memories come to mind? Because I don't think people really understand and myself being I should say appreciative that I was on the women's side as an assistant coach, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. in that environment, being, you know, at the school at that time to see the school now and, and the benefits, the residual effect, like talk to us about that. 2006. Yeah. I mean, at, at the time it was just so surreal. You know what I mean? Like even I chose George Mason just because I knew we would have a chance to go to the, to the, to the tournament. Mm-hmm. That that was all. That was like, as a kid, you dream of going to the Final Four. You would dream of winning a national championship. But as you get older, you start to realize, like, look, these are this is these this is reality. This is what's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to go to you know, Jordan Mason, VCU, UNC. Like, you're going to a mid major right now. So now it's like, I right, look, what 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 mid major? What chance do it? What what school gives me a better chance to go to the NCAA tournament? So mm-hmm. I get closer to my dream. And George Mason was the right fit. So we entered George Mason. So I'm like, look, all right. I see the team, I see the camaraderie, I see what type of guys we have. I think we had got a good chance. You know what I mean? So we ended up, you know, getting an at-large bid to the to the to the uh to the tournament. And everything else is just like, look, 
we here. Let's just have fun. But like, what was the mindset going into the start of the season? Like, from someone who was on the outside, like I remember, you know, your first practice, the preseason mm-hmm. and everybody's hyped. But mm-hmm. I think you mentioned one piece that I think people forget, like the reason why that even took place was the camaraderie with mm-hmm. you and all of your teammates, like the personalities mm-hmm. were perfectly gelled. So shout out mm-hmm. to the coaching staff, because yeah. Yeah. if they don't know you personally, yeah. like mm-hmm. it really was a fit. So yeah. talk yeah. a little bit about the mindset heading into the season. Do you even remember? No, no, no. I I do remember because it's crazy because my freshman year, I don't think we had any seniors. So coming in, going into my sophomore year, we were all there, you know, prior to the year before. Mm -hmm. And we, I mean, I went in there with my individual goals as a freshman. Uh, I'm sure John Vaughn and everybody else had their individual goals, but we didn't do anything. You know what I mean? We, we we didn't accomplish anything that we felt that we could have accomplished. And I think our mindset going into that following year was to become like as one as a team, like make, make a goal for the team. Mm-hmm. And I think the goal was to basically lock in on defense because off the, the, uh, my freshman year, the year prior, we were scoring 90 points a game. Mm-hmm. We were just giving up ninety five. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> we were the top scoring team in the CAA. Oh man! But we were we were one of the worst teams on defense. Mm-hmm. So we said, "All right, look, we got a group of guys that can score." I mean, we had ten guys averaging double figures. Right. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, ten. I'm sorry, five guys. The first starting five was averaging double figures. Right. So we said, "All right, look, all we got to do is defend a little bit, get some effort." <laughs> so that mindset of you know going into uh that 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 2006 year and it didn't start off well but then there was one game the Creighton game at home talk about it talk about yeah, it I don't even Creighton remember game. that yeah 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 we we got humiliated I'm not gonna lie oh they came in yeah they came in and they whooped they beat us by I want to say 30 or something something crazy it's, it's, it came in and whooped our butts at home uh-huh and I, it might have been 20 but the thing is that's what we needed to ignite our like fuel and and get us like look we got to lock in on defense because if we have another bad offensive night we're gonna get blasted like this again mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. after that loss i think everybody said look we're just gonna get better effort and we went on a run mm. we went on a run and defensively i mean we were top i want to say 15 in defensive uh, field goal percentage mm-hmm. so the mindset was like look let's buy into the system buying the coach what he's saying and defend we know we can score if we play together. We just got to defend. So that's what got us, you know what I mean, to to becoming a good defensive team and let us, you know, to what we achieved. Do you remember? And I want I want our listeners to really kind of understand you as a player, because mm-hmm. you, you know you as a player, who you are as a player is exactly who you are. You know, as an individual, you know, you the joyful, laugh, you mm-hmm. know, real cool, calm. You know, you not a hothead, none of that. Mm-hmm. Get out mm-hmm. there and Shaq want to shoot. Shaq going to shoot the lights out, going to hold the mm-hmm. follow through. Not going to talk so much. You know, I like mm-hmm. to think that you have some folks who like to chit chat on the team, but that mm-hmm. wasn't Shaq. So mm-hmm. talk to talk to us a little bit about what kind of player you were this 2006 Final Four. Uh, let me uh first of all I gotta go back to my freshman year because I was humbled. Okay. Um I went into my freshman year thinking I was gonna start immediately. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, like look, I, I even told Gabe, because Gabe was, you know, upperclassman. I told Gabe and Jai, said, look, this is before the season started. We we walked on as freshmen, we have open gym. I said, look, I'm starting. <laughs> all right, I, like I'm starting at the wing. I don't know whose spot I'm taking, I'm starting. And Jai pulled me to the side. I said, look, you need to calm down. And he said in some other words, right. but <laughs> you need to calm down is basically what I got out of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, man, whatever. You say what you want. I'm going to start. Started one game that year. Mm. One game. And I, I want to say baby because of the injury. Um, so it humbled me, you know, going into my sophomore year. Like, look, it's not about me. It's not about, like, everybody can play on this level. Mm-hmm. So going into my sophomore year, I said, you know what? I'm gonna play team ball, and I'm gonna just play hard. So, we like I said, we had ten guys averaging double figures. I was the tenth guy. Mm. I mean, I'm sorry, five guys averaging double figures. I was the fifth guy. Mm-hmm. And 
it was a commitment that I made to Coachell when he told me, say, like, look, Shaq, I want to move you to the point guard position. So I went from playing three, four, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, as a freshman in the, in the mid as a mid major to you know moving to the point guard role. And he moved me to that role because he wanted Lamar and Tony to run those wings and get them out in transition. Mm-hmm. So it made me realize, like, look, it's not about me. You know what I mean? It's about what's best for the team. And I think that's what helped me my sophomore year become the player that I was, you know, going into that tournament and giving me the confidence um, because I knew I was playing for the team. Like, I knew my individual abilities, but how can I help that with the uh, immerse that with the team? That was the nugget drop, people. That's that's game right there. So mm-hmm. from a mental standpoint, what was it like to shock the world? Because you just talked about how your progression from freshman year to sophomore year physically to mentally and what you had to do to kind of get yourself on a, in a space on a level where you can be of service to your team in, 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 in helping more wins rather than, Hey, I'm just trying to start. I'm trying to average, you know, however many points like, you know, talk about the mental standpoint. Um, of shocking the world. Yeah. Because there I were a lot of doubters that. now. We listen, George Mason is in Fairfax, Virginia. Yeah. The only reason why people know Fairfax is because of money. They're mm-hmm. not talking about men's and women's basketball until mm-hmm. you guys arrived. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I realized that until my senior year. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be honest. Because I knew it was something we did. I knew we did something special, but when you're in it, it's like like we 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 like we we expected this. We we fought hard for this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we played hard. It's not like oh it was a mistake. Like oh he got some lucky shots and we got here. Now we beat you know four tough teams to get there. Mm-hmm. So at that time it's like all right look we we worked hard for this. We deserve this. But not knowing now when I'm going to class, professors are coming to me like you know great job. Uh, you guys are doing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep it up. Fa- uh, students you know are stopping us in the hall. I mean in the uh, Johnson Center. And wanted to take pictures. And, you know, after we beat UConn, we come late night around, you know, 10 o'clock at night. The whole, at that the time, whole university. the university was, was full. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was it was more play, more people in it than, than the games that year. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like, and then the thing is, like I, said, I didn't realize it until after, because my senior year when we went to the tournament and we lost, and it put everything into perspective. Why so? Now I was like, look, huh? Why so? Because I thought we were gonna do it again. Mm, okay. I thought we were gonna do it. I'm like, look, this this is this was this is easy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Just one game at a time. Like I've done it before. I can do it again. Mm-hmm. So we got smacked our first game. We played Notre Dame. Mm. We won we won the CAA championship and then we got smacked by Notre Dame by 20. Oof. And I was in a press conference and it made me realize like that run we made our sophomore year was incredible. Special. Like it, it, it was, it was, it was something that I don't know. I mean, other mid majors have made it, but we started it, and it gave a lot of other mid majors a chance to like, I right, look, we can do it. You know what I mean? We just got to believe in ourselves, and that's when I realized, you know, we really did shock the world at that time. Mm. Was that the biggest lesson you learned? Yes. I mean, just not don't take anything for granted. Enjoy mm-hmm. the moment. Um, and I did. I really did. I honestly <laughs> did. But it put, like I said, everything into perspective my my senior year and how special that was. How how did it, what lesson, I should say, how did it affect you off the court? Um, That final four year? Yeah, or just, that final four year. <laughs> I was sitting on top of the world. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I I was sitting on top of the world. Um, I was enjoying just being on campus. I was enjoying playing basketball. Um, I mean, still, even to this day, I mean, I spent 13 years in Europe. And, you know, I've won some championships. I've done some things. But that's still the most exciting, fun part of my basketball career itself is that Final Four run. Love it. I love it. Now, okay, so we we transition. You have the run your sophomore year, junior year, senior year. You finally, you know, you finish your collegiate career. So mm-hmm. before we get into what that transition into sport to career looks like, that next step, what's the biggest untold story about that run? Uh, 
the biggest I'm sure untold, you got one. <laughs> the biggest untold story. Yeah. Um Ooh. <laughs> oh man. The biggest untold story about that Final Four run would have to be You know what? That's a good question. I'm, I'm trying to think because you can come back to it. We here. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's come back to that. Let, let's come back to that one. Oh okay. man. Okay. Yeah, let's come back to that one. All right. So let's talk about your transition from college to the pros. Okay. Now you played 13 years internationally, correct? Yes. So what that look like? Did you get a tryout in the NBA, or did you just hey, I'm going overseas. <clears throat> I'm going to go to this country. Share with us. So I did. I had a couple of NBA workouts um, after my senior year, um, and pretty much all of them said the same thing. You know, we we like following Campbell as a player. He just uh, needs a year Europe to develop. Mm. Don't you just and, hate it when they say that? You looking at and, and, and I, I know that's the yeah, that's the you know the familiar thing to say. Or like, look, he and and I understand it because what they were saying is, and especially in the NBA, you got to specialize in something. Mm-hmm. Like you either got to be an exceptional shooter, defender, like you got to be elite at something. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them said, okay, well, he's a good ball handler, but he's not a great ball handler. Or he's a good shooter, but he's not a great shooter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's not many guys like, you know, Jimmy Butler and LeBron, like those are certain guys that can do um, pretty much everything at a, at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, so they said, okay, you need one year to develop in Europe. Um, so I said, okay, that's fine. Ended up going to Europe, ended up going to Italy in my first year. And, I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed playing in Europe. And did, after that, say it again. I was gonna say, so when you left, did you go with family, with friends? By yourself? So I yeah, I went by myself. Okay. Um, it was definitely a transition. Um, it's not kind of it's not like going to college, it's a little <laughs> little further out, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so um, but it, it it was definitely difficult. Um but I think basketball and doing what I love kept me sane and had me enjoy it, you know, a lot. Okay. All right. So talk to us about where exactly you played. Because you, like I said, brother, you've traveled. And I think it's important, you know, because I want to make sure that folks that are listening, they understand you weren't just a professional. You were a mm-hmm. professional for an extended period of time <clears throat> in several countries. That's huge. So where did you play? So I played in six different countries. Oh, wow. um, and <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, you're right. The the a career for a European uh, basketball player is is average probably four or five years. Mm-hmm. And I say that because it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Just being away from family for so long, um, sometimes you get numb to it. Sometimes you 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 feel it. You don't you you like you're you're just missing family. You get homesick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So after four or five years, some guys are like, man, look, I'm done. Like, and it has nothing to do with basketball. It's just like, I'm I'm tired of being away from family for so long. Mm-hmm. Like you're gone for about eight, nine months out of the year. Mm-hmm. And then you come back for maybe two, three months. And then you got to head right back over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't really get to, you know, you're missing a lot of family time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So after four or five years, some guys are like, man, look, I'm done. I don't care about the money. I don't care about the the, the, the lifestyle. I'm just, I just want to go back home and be with family and find something back home. So the fact that I was, you know, blessed and able to do it for 13 years, I mean, it means a lot. You know, I was in Italy, Germany, uh, Poland, Latvia, and uh, I spent some time in Venezuela also. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. you switched it up on us. You was you were, you were being recruited by all those cold northern schools you decided to take <laughs> you decided to take your services to a lot of beautiful countries wow exactly exactly so what are some because i think it's important shaq that our listeners really hear now here's the nugget drop what are some mm-hmm. of the habits your morning nuggets that have allowed you to play as long as you did and be successful cuz you didn't you weren't 12th 15th man on the on the bench no sir mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. what are some of those habits uh, I think the main habit, especially for an athlete, is taking care of your body, icing those knees, especially because when I was young, I, I, I wasn't big on, you know, the ice bath or icing <laughs> the knees. Like, I, unless it was, unless I felt pain, mm-hmm. then maybe I would do it. 
But as I got older and realized, even when I'm not in pain, I was icing my Achilles. I was icing my knees. I was icing my shoulder. Like I was just sitting in the in the in the locker room with ice all over my body, and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But I knew that's what I needed to prolong my career. You know what I mean? Is that something an old G shared with you? Because I will give you props. You on Instagram, you were definitely in that ice bath. You definitely <laughs> you had on the you know the Velcro. Like let's go strap yep, it up. Yep. Let's get some ice. Is that something someone shared with you, or is it something that you just decided to really implement in your routine, your recovery? Yeah, no, it's just something I implemented in my recovery. I mean, obviously, I saw you know guys icing, but I figured they were hurting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I figured, oh, they icing because their knees hurt or their ankles hurt. They was wearing, you know, knee braces and things like that. So I just figured they icing because they hurt. But I was like, you know what? Let me. I'm not. It was no need to rush back home for me. You know what I mean? After practice in Europe, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> so I'm not like, oh, I need to hurry up and get out of the locker room. Like, nah, I'm just I taking care of my body. Mm. You know what I mean? Rather than sitting at home, either you know, playing video games or watching, you know, Netflix or something. Just you know, spend another 15 minutes in the locker room. Ice your body, take care. You know, you know what I mean? And, and I think that helps with longevity. What what would you say that um that also cut down on your injuries as well? Because obviously mm-hmm. you're gonna sprain an ankle, you yeah. know, you're gonna have some rotated cuff issues. Do you think mm-hmm. that that helps? So when you did um, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, get an injury, it didn't last as long as well. Well, the injury that I had, it was just a, a basically a contact. Like I went up for a dump. I was under, I was hitting the air and I fell on my, uh, my eight, my shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that was because of, you know, rest or, you know, like okay. inflammation. It was just like, look, you, it's, it's trauma. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To the shoulder. I tore my AC joint. Um, and I was out for about three, four months, oh, but wow. I do, I do feel like the icing and everything prevented any major injuries like an ACL tear or, or Achilles tear or any other shoulder, you know, tears that are not that just you know that is not contact mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so I, I do think that helped a lot okay rest and recovery all right so 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 give us another nugget what else helped you to have such a long and successful career um i think the three main things that helped me a lot was uh it has not, actually nothing to do with basketball um in europe it's all it's mental strength mental conditioning, um, family, and um, embracing the culture. Embracing the culture. So talk about the first one. All right, the mental strength. Now, this is the nugget drop, people. Yeah, so so the mental strength, I mean, in Europe, you're you're dealing with, it's a lot of pressure on you, especially Mm -hmm. as a foreigner. You're you're brought there to do everything. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Tell them. So, I mean, in Italy, it's like, look, we bring you here to score. We bring you to facilitate. Mm. We bring you to rebound. We bring <laughs> you to, to to defend the best player. So you're brought there to do everything, and they give you good money for it. So right. you can't argue about it. Like you just got to go out there and do your job. <laughs> but the pressure is if you don't do one of those things, you can be sent home. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, it happens. Like if you have consistent bad games, like one bad game, cool. Two bad games, it's like, all right, we're looking for somebody else. Three bad games, all right, you out of here. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's, it's that simple. You know what I mean? And it's, and that's why I say there's a lot of pressure on you because it's not like college where, you know what I mean? All, everything is not focused on you. You know what I right. mean? Um, but when you get on Europe, it's like, look, we need you to produce. Mm-hmm. We need you to you know, get everybody involved and, and motivate the team and things like that. So that's why I say it's about being mentally strong. Okay. And if you have a coach, that is Serbian or something, and he's just like, look, he it's, it's no motivational speaking. Thing. It's like, look, you need to do this now. Yes, you need to get it done. Like, I, I'm tired of your BS. You need to fix it. Like, it's, it's no like, look, let me sit down and talk to you. Like, he talks to you like the wrong man. Like, look, it's a business. It. He talks to yes. you like, listen, you are the money. I need you to do what you do because if you do not, the ramifications. Yes, affect you the country, yes. not just you, <laughs> the country. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's like, man, like I got to be mentally strong, 
I mean, even playing in some of those environments are tough. So it's like, man, I got, I got to, I got, I got to get it done. I can, I can relate. Now again, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older, much older than you. But mm-hmm. when people, I think, have this preconceived like overseas is roses, and they just mm-hmm. roll out that gold carpet. I'm like, mm-hmm. you, like you said, your coach is not giving you any kind of inspiration. Mm-hmm. They're looking mm-hmm. at you like, look here, American. <laughs> exactly. I need you to do it all today. Mm-hmm. And it's not just for you. It's for this country because yes. we're all going to eat off this basketball. <laughs> and you, my friend, need uh-huh. to do this for however many tournaments, however many games. Oh, and by the way, I still need you to do it. Ready? Go. <laughs> um, <Exactly>. So to, <laughs> the fact that you have really kind of pinpointed that, I think it's huge because even even now and today, people are like, well, if I don't make it to the league, and this is the WNBA and the NBA, I'm yeah, going overseas. Yeah. yeah, not everybody's not cut out for that. So, mm-hmm, so talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the other the other point, you know, in terms. Yeah. Of the so, coach. so uh, the other point I brought was family. Um, and you you got to have a strong support system. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some people have family that goes over there with them, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You get to give your you know your kids or your spouse or your your mom and dad an experience they probably never had or you know enjoyed. Um, I know for me, um, I had a son, mm-hmm. and at that time, my wife now, but at that time, she was my girlfriend, and I was able to bring them over to Italy, and they were able to enjoy the culture. And I mean, this is actually kind of leading into that third part, which you know I'll get into later. But having that family come over and and be your support system when I right, the coach is getting on you. Or mm-hmm. the players, you know, like there might be a, a language barrier mm-hmm. where you can't really conversate with the with the, the locals, and you might not get along with your American teammates either. Right. There's no guarantee so with that. It's no guarantee exactly. So you need <clears throat> your brother, your mom, your dad. Like you need somebody that's there who you're on Facetime with twenty four seven, basically. Like that. That's just how it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're you're constantly on Facetime talking. And you need that support system because if you don't have that and, you know, your things are not going well with basketball, you can mentally just check out and just be like, look, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Like, it's basketball. Like, I've had two bad games. I know what's about to come up. My mom and dad, like, I don't know what's going on. They might be arguing. I, I, <laughs> like, I, it's just it's just so much going on. I'm mentally checked out. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I feel like family, you need them there. You need them talking to you. What about the culture piece? Man, the culture piece is is big. It's big. It goes a long way because if you don't embrace yourself in the culture, it it, it kind of like why, why are you out there? Mm. You know what I mean? Like I understand you're out there to play basketball, but you're you're in a country that you probably never would have thought about going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On a vacation to. Um, again, I was out in you know Latvia, Poland. Um, I mean, Israel and Italy are, of course, you know, are places you would love to go visit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always tell the people, person, people that I was out in Croatia. You know what I mean? I was, I was out in Croatia. Uh, I went to a club in Croatia. Had a great time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was in a nice city. Like these are places that I'd never thought about going, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed myself. Right, right. You know what I mean? I am, am, embrace myself. I- Italy. I'm eating Italian food. I'm learning the language. Um, I mean, Israel, I'm, I'm in Tel Aviv, I'm on the beach. Like I'm, I'm enjoying myself. You a you native I mean? now. <laughs> you yeah, a native I'm, now. I'm, I'm, I'm in the culture. Like, it's, oh, in Italy, I was out there six years. I'm, look, I'm speaking Italian. I was going to say, like, do you it. speak the language? Do you speak the lingo now? So, so I can speak Italian, okay. but it's, it's, it's tough to, I can't hold a conversation. That's all right. But I, I know a lot, you know, I, I know enough to understand certain things and to, of course, to order food. Okay. I can well, order my That's food. what's important. That's what's important. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, but uh, the Italian culture, man, I, I embrace myself in it. Um, I mean, I immerse myself in it and I just en- enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it. What's your favorite country that you played in? Uh, Italy by far. Um, maybe because I spent the most years there, but Israel was awesome, man. I mean, Tel Aviv was like uh, Miami and 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 California put together. Yeah, Miami and LA put together. I mean, it's <laughs> just awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, Israel was awesome, but I was only there for a year. Okay. So yeah, so I, but Italy, I was you know in Milan, Rome, Ooh, uh, nice. Naples. Yeah. Would so, you go back? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Just wanted to make yeah. sure we, we got that in. Let us go take some time because I'm I'm home now. Right. I'm gonna go ahead and do all of this. <laughs> I know that's right. So, yeah. so I got a question. If uh-huh. I want to play overseas and have a successful mm-hmm. career like we talked about, three to five years, what are three steps I would need to initiate today? Um I would say the the, the mental part mm-hmm. um is one. Um I would say the physical part is the second because it's it's a long grueling season. Um, so when you say physical, we, talk a little bit more. Meaning you, you got to get your body right. Like in, in, in college, it's okay. You're playing, you know, 30 games or so, but the practices are not as physical. Um, the games are not as physical. And when there's more attention on you, um, it, 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 it demands more, mm-hmm. you know, and – you got to remember, and I always tell people, like, what's the difference between college basketball and European basketball? And it's not really much different difference. Um, it's just more it's just more talent. Mm-hmm. You know, at, on a college level, um, we're not talking about, you know, the teams that got three, four number one recruits. We're talking like mm-hmm. on, a, on a, a normal college screen, right. <laughs> you probably got two or three guys that can go, max. On, the, on, a, on a European team, you have five, six guys that are talented in that mm. all in the basket. So the system is ran the same. You know, you're helping. Everything is there. It's not like you have a defense of three seconds. But you also are playing with a lot more talented players. So you can't leave guys open. You can't help too much. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because you get, you, get, you get burned. So that's the only difference from, you know, playing college ball to – the, the European basketball is you got to focus on six, seven guys rather than just, you know, three, two, three guys. Gotcha. So that, that's what I mean by being physically ready. Like, look, it's going to be a long season. You, you practicing, you know, six days out of the week now, two a days. Your body has to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So mentally, physically, mm-hmm. what's the third thing? And the third is uh, always the family support. Okay. You got to have family. I, I, and I keep preaching it because you get lonely. Mm-hmm. You get lonely. And if you don't have that family support, you're going to be out there. Maybe the first month you might be all right. You might, you know, go out and have a good time. But that that third and fourth month, <laughs> oh, that's going to get tiring. <laughs> like, I'm like, man, look, man, I'm, I'm tired of it. Where's my mom? Where's my dad? Where's my brother? Where's my sister? You know, where's my son? Or, you know, whatever you have, like, look. You need that support. It's nothing like it. You know what I mean? It's nothing like it, man. And it, it helps you get through those hard times that you're going to have in Europe. Mm. You're going to have. I hear that. Okay. So talk to us, Shaq. Like, what are you doing now? So the transition from high school to college, what an illustrious career at George Mason University. You spent 13 years overseas killing it, balling, and here <laughs> we are now. So talk to us about what you do now. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm back home. Um, I haven't officially, you know, announced it, but I'm, I'm pretty much retired uh, from basketball in Europe. Should we um, be just, celebrating, or should I be crying? Like, no, no, I, I'm excited. So yeah, okay. we, we can celebrate. I'm excited about it because the Congrats. transition was just smooth, and it, it was the right time. Okay. Um, my son, he's a freshman in high school now. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. He's actually going to Springbrook. Okay. So he 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 got some big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just wanted to be here around with you know with him. Um, obviously with him playing JV basketball, I'm a volunteer coach for JV basketball. Also, okay. so I, I'm I'm here. You know what I mean? I'm around. Like this is the time where you know he's in high school. He's dealing with basketball. He's dealing with school. He's dealing with girls. I'm like, look, Everything. we we, we, we got to talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this this is this is where we got to talk. Like those Facetime calls. Not the same when you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm in Europe and he's here and he's like that. Well, you know, this girl keeps on. I'm like, nah, nah, we're we, we not, we not focused on that right now. Right. Like, look, it's the books and it's your basketball. It comes like, back. That's, that's, and it's, it's better when I'm in his, at his, in his room and it, I'm, I'm still, like, let's sit down on the bed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sit down here and we're going to talk about this. The Rather same than I, huh? The same way is your, bro- your brother's older than you, correct? Yeah, yeah, the same yeah, yeah. way your brother was giving you that same game, kicking it. Listen, you going to school, you going to college, mm-hmm. you gonna make this happen. We we're not gonna have no bumps or anything <laughs> in the road. Now, what's your son's name? Kate. Okay, Kate. Okay, Kate yeah. Campbell. All right, Kate. Yeah, yeah. We'll be watching. Yeah. 
Um, look out for him. <laughs> okay, JV. Now the question uh, is, and I guess I gotta ask this because I'm, you know, I'm a coach and all this other basketball. Does he have the the shack in you, or is he creating his own? He he's creating his own. He's okay. a totally different type of player than I was. Really? Um, I was always big. Like okay. I was. That's how I got the nickname Shaq. Like I was always a big kid. Like my freshman year, I was already six feet. <laughs> Hey, right now, exactly. I was already six as a freshman. Cade is about five four okay. as a freshman. So he's totally we on two different spectrums. <laughs> and <laughs> we can't call him Shaq. No. You know what I mean? Like he, he's just not. Yeah. Not. So <laughs> but the thing is what separates him from the type of player I was is he's quicker. He was quicker. Like oh, he, wow. he's a natural. He's quicker and he's a he's a great shooter. He's a better shooter than I was at his age. Okay. Um so that's why I say we're two different type of players. I was more so of a physical type of guy. He's more so of a finesse type shooter. Mm. Um, so that's 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 where we you know are different. Okay, all right. So yeah. he must have his athletic qualities coming from your wife, quickness, volleyball. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I mean, she she has all of that. Okay. You know, she was very athletic. She was you know she jumped high. She was able to dunk a, a, a tennis ball. In high school. Oh, well, there you go. Exactly, exactly, shout out, exactly. Shout so. out to your wife. Shout out to your mom. Yeah, Thank shout you, out. thank you. <laughs> All right, so tell us, so which, so what else are you doing now? you JV, volunteering JV basketball. So I'm volunteering JV basketball, and also um, I just took the job at George Mason with the athletic department, um, working as an assistant director to the Patriot Club. Nice. So, okay. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm working with them, just dealing with alumni fundraising and engagement. Is that something that you envisioned at this kind of coming full circle or is it just So, happening? so I, I I knew in Europe I've always wanted to come back to Mason and, and find a way to help them, help the program. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be me playing <laughs> and I, I didn't want to do the coaching side of it um, only because of the, the the schedule that they have, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. They're always on the road. Mm-hmm. Whether they're playing, whether it's you know recruiting, um, it's a lot going on with you know that 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 aspect on the coaching side. And I was ready to stay home for a little bit. Like I'm tired <laughs> of being on the road. You know, what I mean? even if it's local, you know, in the states. Like I, I don't want to try. Like I just want to be home for a couple of years. Got you. You know what I mean. <laughs> so, you paid your traveling dues. Exactly. Like my passport is stamped up. I'm good. <laughs> Let me see what's going on back home. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? I don't want to do the coaching side. Why not go to the administrative side where I can still help with recruiting? You know right. what I mean? Because I mean, this DMV area, it's a mm-hmm. lot of talent out there. Yes. I'm from this area. So I can still help with recruiting on the men's and women's side now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not just focused on men's coaching, like men's side. Um, I'm also helping with, you know, the wrestling team and the baseball team and and things like that. But I knew, I said, look, how can I help the program get mm. back to you know, how we had it and, and and help bring money in for facilities and scholarships and things like that? And I was thinking about all this in Europe. Mm. And I was like, man, this, I, this is this is the route that I want to go. So during the pandemic, um, I was still thinking about going back to Europe. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 I did my pros and cons. Right. I said, you know, I look, I'm being away from my son. You know what I mean? But, you know, I'm also making money. But then the opportunity came at Mason where they were, you know, hiring a new men's coach. They were hiring a new women's coach. Mm-hmm. They were hiring a new uh, soccer coach, I believe, or base, I'm, not, I'm not a soccer coach. And some people in on the administrative side were retiring. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm, this this is, might be my opportunity. Like, why not go up there? Talk to the ADC, what's going on, mm-hmm. see if I can actually interview for a position here. And just so happens, he's like, Look, we would love to have you on board. Of course, of course. No surprise. You know, so I'm like, Man, you know what? I think this is the time. This mm-hmm. is the time to make that, that smooth transition because it's always hard to transition from basketball to right. your next you know, career. Some people don't even know what they want to do. Right. So they take, they take a little hiatus. You know what I mean? They take a little time off. And it just so happened that transition was right there, you know, into you know what I what I wanted to do and how I wanted to help the program. Congrats, congrats! That's love Thank to you. hear it. Love to hear it. So, 
if if um if if I might say, here we are, full circle. Someone who was recruited goes to Mason, and literally, if you do not already know, that men's team, two thousand six, put him on the map. I too attended George Mason, and I can we can go down the line about all my little accolades, but they're nothing compared to what you guys did for the school, the mm-hmm. students, the population, the community, just in whole Northern Virginia. So I want to definitely give you, your teammates, a shout out. Uh, we do appreciate that. So, I mean, what advice, Shaq, would you give young players today as you transition from sport to career? Um, as I transition from sport to career, yeah. just, Find something that you genuinely care about um, and, and do it, whether it's small or big. You know what I mean? You you want to transition to something that you you feel happy about. Because, again, a lot of guys are like, well, you know, going to coaching. going." I'm like, no, I I don't want to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I I know I can get a, you know, high school gig or, you know, start at some small college and, and work my way on up. But I I don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I... I whether it's you know financially or because I don't want to do all this traveling, gotcha. So find something you genuinely care about and, and, and build that up. You know what I mean? Who knows where it could take you? Um, and it also builds relationships with other people. Um, I'm able to connect, you know, with a lot of people that I you know haven't been able to talk to. I'm talking to you know lawyers and judges and mm-hmm. governors right now. So look, this this is this is my passion. This is what I really wanted to do. You know what I mean? And that's the advice I would give to any person transitioning. Just find your path and go that way. That was the nugget drop. Appreciate you, Shaq. Find more resources on my website at ChristinaAlexander.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow on all social media platforms. Platforms. Join us next week for a new episode. And again, appreciate you, Shaq. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me, Christina. This was awesome.